When you got your computer, Obama was still president. They've been in business for seven years, and they still don't know what they're doing. I guess the podcast seemed natural. Here's Founder Quest. I've been holding out for the, the new MacBook Pros. So the M1 is pretty tempting, but I want whatever comes next. I want you know the, the 16 inch new hotness that's apparently supposed to be launching in November. But like I've, mm. I've been I've been waiting for it so patiently for so long now. We'll have like the M2. Yeah, either that or M1X. People are kind of mm. unsure. I don't know what the odds are. They make an M1 if they can't make an M2. Like why? why <laughs> You just started, people. You can just have a normal naming scheme that just increments. Well, M1.1. That would be uh, awesome. Lord. Yeah. I would. M1A, Beachfront Avenue. <laughs> so last week we did an Ask Me Anything on Indie Hackers, and that was a lot of fun. It was awesome. And one of the most, I don't know, one of the most interesting questions on there was some guy was just like, are you rich? And I was like... <laughs> I started thinking about it. It's like, I literally have no idea. It reminded me of um, when I used to live in New York briefly in the 90s or no, the early aughts. There was a Village Voice article in which they found, they started out with somebody not making very much money and they were like, hey, like, what is rich to you? And then, you know, that person described that. Then they went and found a person who like had that level of income and stuff and they Mm -hmm. asked them and it just kept going up long past the point where like yeah like where basically like nobody ever was like yeah i'm rich yeah (laughs) at the end they're like jeff bezos what is rich what is rich to you yeah you have to like own your own star system (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i don't know i feel like i'm doing pretty good like for myself because you know i i went to fill up my car with gas the other day and i just didn't even look at the the price the other day, I, I wanted to snack, so I just got a whole bag of cashews, and I just just I was just chowing down on those. I didn't didn't need to save that, you know. I could always get another bag of cashews. So <laughs> cashews are my arch nemesis, man. I I can't pass up the cashews. Ugh, mm. As far as the, the nut kingdom, man, they are my weakness. I know it's a subtle sweetness. <laughs> it's so good, the buttery goodness. Yeah, the the smoothness of the texture, the subtle sweetness, it's all there. That and pistachios. Mm. I could die eating. Cashews and pistachios. Yeah, I, go, I like pistachios. Speaking of being rich, did you see Patrick McKenzie's tweet about noblesse oblige? No, tell me. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to link it up in the show notes. But basically, the idea is like when you reach a certain level of richness, I guess when you feel kind of rich, you should be super generous, right? You should. So noblesse mm. oblige is the is the notion that that nobility should act nobly. Right. If if you have been entrusted with this respect of the community, if you are a noble, then you ought to act a certain way. You ought to act like a noble. Right. You should be, you know, respectful and et cetera. So Patty was applying this to modern day, and he's like, "Well, we should bring this back. Like, if you, you know, if you're a well-paid software developer living in, you know, United States of America, and you go and you purchase something, let's say a coffee that you know has." basically zero impact on your, on your budget, right? You don't notice that $10 or whatever that you're spending. Then, you know, just normalize spending, like giving a hundred percent tip, right? Cause like you will hardly feel it, but the person you're giving it to will that'll just make their day. Right. Yeah. So, so doing things like that, it's like, Oh, that's it's being generous. Yeah. It's being generous. Yeah. So I, I like that idea. That's cool. So, so it's okay to be rich as long as you're not a rich asshole. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
That's a good way to bring it forward there, Star. Yeah. There you go. I think there's some some like historical. I don't know. I, like the the phrase "noblesse of liege" kind of grates at me a little bit in <laughs> a way that I can't quite I can't quite articulate in this moment. But I'll think about that and I will get back with you. Wait, are you saying you don't identify as part of the nobility? No. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of things from the Regency period that we should bring back, like you know, governesses. Because who wants to send your child to school in the middle of COVID pandemic? So just bring yeah, the teacher home, right? That's pretty <laughs> sexist. Like, why does it have to be gendered? <laughs> okay, it could anyway. be a governor, but you know, they might get a little misunderstanding. All of a sudden, you got Jay Inslee showing every doorstep. I heard you wanted me to come teach your kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just I'll just take an, an algorithm, you know, in the home to teach my kids and just like entrust them to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of bringing things back, I told y'all, but I'll tell our, our podcast listeners <laughs> on Sunday. I'm driving to Tacoma to go to somebody's basement. And look at a um, hundred-year-old printing press to possibly transport to Seattle and put in my um, office for no good reason that I can think of. It just seems to be something that I'm doing. None of us actually ask you what you were intending to do with it. I was like, yeah, just like let me know when you need to move it. I'm there. Like I just assumed you were going to like do something that. cool with it. But I appreciate yeah. the support. <laughs> I mean, make little zines or something. I yeah, know. like if I get a lifetime subscription to your zine. That's okay, that, awesome. that would be payment. Yeah. Done. Done. Cool. Yeah. Sign me up too. I'll be there. <laughs> like, oh, I, I mean, who, who could, who could resist that invitation? Right. Cause you get to, if you get to help with moving that thing, you get to see it, you get to touch it and play with it, but you don't have to keep it. It's somebody else's problem when you're done with the day. So like, <laughs> sounds great to me. Yeah. There you go. Well, I mean, if you read the, if you read like the forums about these things, like, like this is like one of the smaller ones. So people are just like, ah, oh, no big deal. No big deal. It's okay. <laughs> I was happy to hear that there's no stairs involved. So that, that is the deal. Yeah. Breaker. yeah. It, if you ever, if you ever get the friend, you know, helping you to move their piano, right. You always ask, okay, how many flights yeah. of steps, right? Oh, I just thought of something I could do with it. I could like make us all nice business cards. Ooh. Or <laughs> to hand out to nobody. Because <laughs> um, we're not going anywhere. I was, like, I was just thinking like the last, my last like six attempts at having business cards, like they're all still sitting in my closet. Know, like all, all six you, boxes like, what? of... Really? A business card? What? <laughs> like, yeah, like all six generations. I, I hand out like one or two per year. Mm. Yeah, just random people are like, hey, you know, here's, here's my phone number. Like it's an so, easy way to give... Just people on the street. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a decent fellow. Here you go. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I've got a thousand of these that kind of stuff to cost somehow. I just got, they got to, we got to move these. We could start invoicing our customers, you know, by snail mail. I could, I could print out a really nice letterhead. You know, we, I think we have a few customers who would be delighted to receive a paper invoice from us <laughs> because then they would have an excuse to not pay us for 90 days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't like owning a printing press, like owning a truck though, once people know you have it, everyone wants to borrow it, <laughs> hang out in your basement and, and do their printing, you know, like they're, this is the Pacific Northwest, like their, like their manifestos. Yeah. Like they got to print their manifestos, um, <laughs> the lists of, the, lists of demands, the establishment at Kinko's <laughs> to be able to see. <laughs> right. I don't know. It's, it's got to put you on a special kind of watch list though. If you have a printing press in your home, right? Like, <laughs> All of a sudden, some people are really interested in what you're up to, you know? It's like a legacy watch list. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> legacy watch list. 
<laughs> I'm just I'm just flashing back to again the 1800s, you know, when like yeah. cities towns like, would like get all go. well, yeah, because uh, like <laughs> the mob would come want, out, and yeah. burn down the printing press building and stuff. If yeah. you wanted to be a propagandist back then, like you you had to buy a printing press and then you get put on a watch list, and yeah, the, that you know they just never that just never went away. Like they're still looking for those people. They just don't find as many of them. it's not it's not so inefficient it's not like a super efficient way of of getting the word out though yeah i hear unless you want to be one of those like people handing out leaflets on the the on the side of the road Ooh, you could put them on uh you could do like paper windshields in the parking oh, there lots you go. yeah yeah that's how they used to do it yeah look at my like look at my beautifully handcrafted leaflet that you're gonna throw in the gutter mm-hmm uh, I, th- I think you've just settled on what your next adventure is going to be after after Honey Badger. You know, you're ready to uh, put this put this business aside and focus on printing up flyers for your local missing <laughs> cat. There you go. There you go. Band flyers. That's <laughs> big business. Well, you could get into like fancy paper. That's that's a whole thing up here, and it's pretty cool actually. Yeah, I don't know. Really, I just like it's like oh, it'd be cool to have a like a big thing to tinker with. Like I, I'm. <laughs> I'm learning about myself that like I like having just like a big physical project going on and I'm pretty like I built this this backyard office and that took up like two years of my time and you know ever since then like I don't have a big physical thing to work on so so I'm thinking this might fill that niche that niche sorry I read a thing is like don't say niche Americans niche <laughs> I, I don't know star maybe you should think of the children I mean, think about 50 years from now when you're dead and Ida's cleaning out the house and <laughs> she's all like, why is there this printing press? <laughs> oh, there you go. Just they'll, move just it. Sell it with, they'll just sell it with the house. There you go. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that it is wider than the doorway. So. But of course it is. I would either have to disassemble it partially or take out the door and I put the door in, so I know how to take it out. So there's a good chance the door's coming out. I have a le- I have less chance of like messing something up if I do that one. But we'll we'll see. Good luck with that. Should have put okay. one of those roll up doors in there. You know, like the I garage. Yeah. Those are cool. What was I thinking? You really did not plan ahead for this. Yeah. I mean walls are really only like a couple of thin pieces of like, you know, plywood and yeah. you can just like saw just, through it. It's a small refactor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you all yeah, see that, was- that like someone listened to like every episode of this podcast? Like I know. I feel so bad. I feel so bad for them. <laughs> Speaking of We're sorry. I, I was feeling so admiration. Sorry. I'm like, wow, that's that's impressive. Like I just think we would have made different decisions. Maybe but it's not- maybe it's pretty good. I haven't gone back and gone through it all. Well, I, I mean, will, but the not only did they say they listened to every episode, but then they were eager for more. They're like, when are you getting done with your break? So I, I guess there you, you know, go. Yeah. That we net, mu- we positive, must not be right? too repetitive. Must not be. Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have any, any like, I don't have anything informative to add. So I'm just going to be shit posting. <laughs> well, I've had an amazing week. Since we last chatted, I, I you know, ref- kept reflecting on how I couldn't remember anything that I did over the past whatever months. Well, this past week, I can remember a whole bunch of things that I did. I've been like crazy busy and getting yeah. just a bunch of little things knocked out. But today, today was the capstone of the week because I rolled over our uh, main Redis cluster that we use for all of our jobs, you know, all the incoming notices and whatever. And uh, yeah, 
rolled over to a new Redis cluster with like zero downtime, no drop data, nobody even noticed. It was just smooth as so. Oh my yeah, God. I saw that. Yeah. Awesome. That's feeling pretty good. Just, just like butter. Just like butter. They slid right <laughs> out of that old Redis instance and just into <laughs> this new, is it like AWS managed type uh, thing? Yeah. Yeah. Both of them were the old one and the new one, but yeah. But Elastic Cash. Yep. Smooth like a new jar of Skippy. <laughs> I saw that you like put that in our ops channel or something. Yeah, yeah. that's the, that's the <laughs> that's topic. That's like the, top, the subject or the topic. Yeah, <laughs> make it. We're we're making our <laughs> making ops run like yeah, like a jar of Skippy. Why yeah. isn't that our tagline for our whole business? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can change it. I don't know why that's making me crack up so much. <laughs> Skippy's good stuff. Oh my gosh. Although we Actually, usually go for like the Costco natural brand these days. Well, we go for the Trader Joe's all natural brand that you have to actually mix every time mm, you use it, yeah. you know? And I prefer, I prefer crunchy over creamy. So actually my peanut butter is not that smooth, but you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I love our natural peanut butter, except for the whole churning thing. But you know, you can live with that. We're more of a Nutella family. Ooh, I do love oh, Nutella. Nutella. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff. We had made pancakes the other day and I was putting in Nutella on pancakes and I did this thing. Like I made this, like we have like this, one of those griddles, you know, like an electric griddle. And so I made like this super like long, like rectangular pancake. And then I spread Nutella on the entire thing. And then I rolled it so that you, you have you know like that's this, called, Josh. what is it called? That's called a crepe. So it's like, it's a crepe, but it's like it's made out of crepe. a pancake. A yeah, a Texas crepe. Texas <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> is it really a Texas crepe? Because that's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no, no. I, I I, it's, well, it's, it, is, it, is, yeah. it is now. Yeah, it is now. It is now. And I highly recommend it. It's, it's pretty yeah. amazing. Throw some Skippy on there. And man, now it's a. Peanut butter is also good on, yeah. on pancakes. That's why people listen to us for our, our insights about business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's this there's this one time uh, speaking of pancakes and, and peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how did we get on the how did we get on pancakes? Like, oh yeah, ops. <laughs> <laughs> so this one time I went over to dinner at some, some person's house, and I, I didn't know what dinner was going to be, but we got there and breakfast for dinner, which I personally love. Like, that's one of my favorites. I knew that about you. And so they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I hope you don't think it's weird, but we're having breakfast for dinner. I'm like, no, no, I love it. And so you know, eggs and bacon and waffles. And so I'm getting my waffle and I'm like, do you have some peanut butter? And they're like, oh my goodness, we thought you would think that was way too weird. And so we didn't have the peanut butter and they like whipped it out from behind the table in the counter, you know, <laughs> oh shoot, now we can have our peanut butter too. You know, I'm like, oh yeah. Everyone had waffles. like their, yeah. their hidden peanut butter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how you level up a friendship. There you go. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, the week, week is good week was good things cool. just bugs got fixed and things got deployed and yeah yeah you got, had a bunch of prs and stuff for little mm -hmm. things too which yeah, uh, and and, and yeah. got some uh, some practice with the whole delegating thing got shava doing some stuff too so yeah nice. all around super productive week i got java to run in a docker container so my week's going pretty good and <laughs> that took you all week <laughs> <laughs> what do those words mean i don't <laughs> Was your audio cutting out? I don't know. I just heard a bunch of things I don't understand. <laughs> well, for your own sake, you like uh, don't ask me to explain it. 
Yeah, it's like better not like that. Yeah. Why would you subject yourself to that sort of torture, Josh? Oh, well, because running Java on like an M1 Mac is even worse. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, well, actually running it, period. But yeah, like just our Java package. I mean, I don't want, I've I've, like spent half this podcast ranting about like our, our packaging. So I don't need to get too deep into it. But like every time I release this thing, it's like it just doesn't work because I've, forgotten my i've like changed my system and java and maven package repository are just like that so i figure if i can make some sort of reproducible development environment using docker then in two years everything will just (laughs) just be smooth as a jar of skippy yeah yeah i had a chance to Dig into some numbers, which is my, like one of my favorite things to do. And so, I don't know, it's, I, I, there was this question that was just bothering me, which was, well, let me just back up. So we've had some success, as you guys know, in the past year, we've like almost doubled our new, like our rate of new user signups, like not new user signups, like conversion to paid users. We've doubled our paid user conversion numbers, rate, whatever you call it. And so revenue from users has gone up as well. But since, you know, we are a, um, our plans are, are basically sort of broken down by error rates, right? And so what happens to force when people upgrade is like, they get too many errors for their plan. It says, hey, you should upgrade to keep, you know, if you want to keep sending us errors, and they do. And so that's, it's, so we had, had this weird sort of uh, situation where it's like, I wasn't sure, like, like in our system, like revenue from new users was coming just from their whatever plan they picked when they signed up. And so I was wondering, well, like what if they sign up and then a week later they upgrade? That's going to be counted under upgrade revenue instead of new user revenue, which really it really kind of should be. And so I got to dig in and I found that, you know, it, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. You know, people yeah. generally don't like some people do upgrade pretty quickly after converting, but they don't, it's not really enough to really change things offhand. I, I took a little sneak peek. I've been running this experiment to see if, if lowering our error quota for our basic or free plan, it would you know, increase um, conversions. And so I took a little sneak peek at the data. It's like too soon to know for sure. But so far, the conversion rate, I think it's going to end up being higher, you know, which is what I would expect. And so that's good. And nice. Yeah. And when we're done, I'm going to look at signups just to make sure that, that they are still sort of in line. Yeah. Anecdotally, I've seen a smaller window from trial to paid conversion. Well, not trial, but freemium to paid conversion. Like I've seen people who are signing up, getting on the basic plan, and then within some short time period, they're actually going to a team plan. What? Oh, and that's, that's good to know. more often than it was. So yeah. So that's cool. I'm just saying the same thing Star said, but without real data. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like the numbers are yeah. Like we need a little bit more time to sort of see how things pan out too, because it's like one thing I figured out that I will share with our readers or our readers, I'm used to doing the blog posts. I'll share with our listeners that I figured out that you really have to kind of pay attention to on free plans, especially is, is comparing conversion rates um, between time periods. So if you make a change and then like you wait for a month of data to come in and you're like, okay, let's look at the conversion rate for the past month after the change with the conversion rate for time period before the change, 
that is really an apples to oranges comparison because on the one hand, you've had people who have maybe had a year to upgrade versus people who've had like a month to upgrade. And so you have to be really kind of careful to, to make it apples to apples, right? Where you only compare, you know, if you have a month, a month worth of users on one side, you compare it to a month worth of users on the other side, and you only count the conversion that happened in that time period. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's just my little, my little freebie, like data analysis thing for our, our listeners. We should have like stars, like weekly data science tip. Stars data corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Like, yeah, we could, we could move the podcast to segments. Like we've never, we've never done segments. Like we could, we could introduce segments uh, if we need to spice things up on founder quest. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, speaking of the spicing things up, I had a brilliant idea this morning. Yeah. It, so, you know, one of the things that I keep an eye on is how much we spend like on hosting, because that's a good chunk of our expenses. You know, we always want to make more money. And one way to make more money is to have fewer expenses. And so I had this brilliant idea on how to cut expenses. We can chop our AWS bill in half by just not running everything redundant. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Which Brilliant. The AWS is like the, the sixth Honey Badger employee. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, in, in the early days, when we, before we were paying ourselves a full salary, I remember we budgeted like 25% for Star, 25% for Ben, 25% for Josh, and 25% for hosting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we never, I don't think we ever exceeded the 25%, which is, which is good. That would be a bit high. But, uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, AWS is like our sixth employee. Yeah, it's funny because like, did we even have other expenses? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, salaries is definitely the biggest one, but and your health insurance is not cheap either. Yeah, but uh, advertising, like marketing, advertising. Yeah, 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 advertising and marketing. That's the next one. Can we make that's AWS our seventh and eighth employee too? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, we may. <laughs> so I told you my great success that I had this morning. Well, your comment just now about AWS made me think about the one failure, just amazingly huge failure that I had also this week, migrating a bunch of data from Redis to DynamoDB. We have this situation where like, it's one of those seemed like a good idea at the time kind of thing, where we were, were doing a bunch of counting of people and individuals that hit errors. And we're counting that in Redis. I'm like, okay, great. You know, cause like Redis has this increment by and it's easy and it's atomic and boom, you're done. And I just never really paid much attention to it until a few weeks ago. And it's like, yo, you know what? That's actually a lot of data in there. And we're keeping that like forever. And so it's probably better to put it someplace that's not Redis. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I know I'll do uh, DynamoDB cause it has an increment thing and yeah. So, <laughs> So I put a table together and I wrote a migration script and I migrated a bunch of data. It took two days and it's great. Everything is beautiful. Had buckets of data inside DynamoDB and then I went to go query it and I'm like, oh, I can't query it that way because I don't have the right index. Well, that oh. sucks. All right. So you can't create a local index on DynamoDB without recreating the table. I'm like, okay, well that sucks. I just lost two days worth of data migration, but oh well. So dumped the table, recreated it with the index and started redoing the uh, data migration. 
And I'm like, yeah, it might take two days, no problem. So I check on it every half day or so. And like, it's not going to be getting done after two days, like three days go by. And I'm like, mm. checking the, like the, the, the work backlog. And it's like, it's, it's just flat. <laughs> Turns out like because of that local index, now Dynamo can't really write fast enough because the partition, the way they do the partition throttling and stuff, mm. because we have, of course, some customers who have huge chunks of data. And so their partitions are too big for Dynamo to write very quickly. Hot, hot partition keys is the problem. So I just gave up. I'm like, all right, <sighs> fine. Drop the table again, <laughs> recreated it. And now we're just double writing so that eventually, you know, given six months from now or so, it'll be there and I can replace that, that thing in Redis. <laughs> nice. So this is my life. The ups and the downs. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah. just waiting like six months. And just waiting six months. Yeah. It's funny. Well, that is kind of a pattern in the business. Like in some cases, we need to just wait for the data to populate itself. And we just have to basically like wait our retention period because things, data turns to like turnover and then, you know, we like, can drop the old database or whatever. Yep. Yep. So, but luckily nobody noticed my big fail. So it's all good. It didn't I didn't notice. Customers. <laughs> so yeah i know but i didn't say anything because i wanted to be nice <laughs> oh, thank you star appreciate that yeah, I, I yeah. Definitely. star was over there just like quietly shaking her head just mm -hmm. judging just judging no. sorry <laughs> josh i'm gonna get back to this java thing because I'm, I'm curious mm -hmm. like i remember i don't know a year ago or something we're kind of like maybe we should just not when it comes to Java anymore, maybe so. I'm curious what prompted the this renewed ac activity to do a new release. Oh, I, well, I don't know. I I figured. I don't know. Did we say we were just not going to do any releases? Like no, I didn't. Like I'm, just, it's not high on my list of like development. Like we're not like spending a bunch like adding stuff to it. But like uh, there are like dependency updates that mm -hmm. have been getting merged in. Like I, I merged the dependent bot PRs and stuff. There's like something else. There might be like some small PR or something that someone submitted that was sitting there unreleased. And I just can't, I just can't handle just unreleased code sitting on yep. main. Yep. So it's just one of those things that's been like sitting on my backlog, like, like halfway down the list, just like, you know, gnawing at me every week. So I figured I'd, I'd dive in and try to get it like a, at least like get some sort of quick release, relatively quick release process down so we can just, you know, continue to release dependency updates and stuff. Security, like if there's a security, you know, security mm -hmm. update or something. So, yeah. And some people still do use it. So want to make sure they're secure. Make sure they're happy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good point. Like we are, we are not treating all uh, platforms as equal because we just don't have the resource. So we need to focus on the stuff that actually is making us money. Yeah, it's tough when very few of our customers are actually using that, you know, for it to yeah. get a whole lot of priority. But that said, we've already, we have already put a lot into it. So it's, you know, as far as I know, it's, it works well for the people that have used it. So are y'all encouraging our customers to do more Java? Yeah, switch to Java and uh, then right switch away. to Sentry <laughs> or something. <laughs> so I was, I mean, contemplating this, this new laptop showing up. Right. Whenever Apple finally releases it and I get to get my hot little hands on it. And I've been thinking, well, the one big downside to getting a new laptop is 
getting back to a place where you can actually work again, right? You know, getting all your things set up. And and some people are smart, like Josh, that have like this dot files repo on GitHub and they can just clone that and they're off to the races. I'm not that smart. I always have to handcraft my config every time oh. I get a new machine. But Take I'm thinking I'm thinking, so yes, I'm not looking forward to that part, but GitHub has released code spaces. And so now I'm thinking, ooh, I wonder if like I could get all of our repos updated so that I could just work totally in the cloud and just not even have a development kind of setup on my machine. Yeah, probably mm -hmm. not, but it's a, it's a fun little fantasy. Well, then you could have any like little, you could work on your iPad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even need a laptop. I can save the company money. It's brilliant, Josh. Yeah, you work at the library. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, so your main ops guy, um, I see he's <laughs> primarily working from a five-year-old iPad. <laughs> In a library. A In a library. library. An iMac. <laughs> <laughs> when he gets paged, he has to run to the nearest Starbucks <laughs> and get that Wi-Fi. Yeah. I got to say the having your dot files all ready to go and all that is pretty good. Also, like I've got my uh, brew file too. So, you know, all oh. my homebrew stuff is, uh -huh. is automated in that. Well, that's, that's clever. And even thought so of that. So it does make it very quick to bootstrap a new machine. Yeah. Maybe I should take this as a uh, initiative to actually put my stuff into dot files repo and get to that point. Car careful though. Cause you might, I mean like I've had like, like four computers between, <laughs> between like your current one and, and now. So <laughs> you might, you might end up like switching more often because it's easier to do it. <laughs> Appreciate that warning. It's good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the M ones, I've, I've, I've loved, I love this, the M one MacBook air that I have, but the battery has been like, I don't know what happened, but the battery was like fantastic. Like the first, I don't know, first few months. And ever since then, it's been kind of like, it hasn't been lasting. Like I've been surprised at the, how fast it's draining. And, and I look, go and look at like the, whatever the battery health stuff. And it, it says that health is down to 86% and the condition says it's fair, which does not make me feel warm and fuzzy. That's no, totally not. And it's only got 50, okay. it has 50 cycles. So I think that, I think that it might be defective yeah. and that sucks because otherwise this machine is maybe one of the best Macs I've had. I mean, a few like compatibility issues with the architecture, but it's not too bad. I mean, I'm not a Java developer at least. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think you need to take that in for a service because that is way <laughs> soon for that kind of yeah. degradation. I might need to do something. That's a bummer. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I might have to ship it in because I think our, our local Portland Apple store is like shuttered currently. All those protests. Yeah, it's got like gates, like fences around it and stuff. <laughs> yeah, downtown Portland's a little rough these days. Well, I mean, you can always take the trip up to Seattle. Yeah, oh yeah, or there's like, there's other, I forget, like there's an Apple store that's not too far outside of Portland. It's still, it's where I bought this, so I could take it down there. Yeah, I'm sad now because like I bought my second MacBook from that, that store in Portland. It's a good store. Speaking of you coming to Seattle, I was thinking the other day that maybe we should do a company-wide get-together sometime soon. be fun to see everybody again in person. It would be. Now that we're all vaxxed, we're all super vaxxed. <laughs>
I don't know the stars even down for that though. So I'm just looking at star. I don't, I don't know. you don't look like, like you're would... too stoked on that idea. It's, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> with Delta. The problem lurking. is Josh is that you have not been reading. You have not been reading like <laughs> nursing. So I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, it's doable. The, the currently, like, I think the, the CDC just released a thing that said vaccine efficiency at preventing COVID infections versus like, it's very good still at, at, at preventing like bad, you know, bad, you know, like, I don't know, disease, health problems, whatever. Keeping people out of the hospital is very good at that. It's with Delta, it's about 65% effective at preventing infections. And so if you get infected, you can like transmit it to other people. So it's just like, so it's not impossible. It's just like, we're just back to this gut, this freaking like, like calculus where like every, every possible social interaction, you just have to like, run it through your spreadsheet and your risk analysis <laughs> and oh yeah it's like are you are you worthy of the hassle no sorry i can't make it <laughs> yeah yeah it's like okay so like what's the probability that like meeting with you is going to send my child to the hospital okay that's that's low enough sure yeah it's just it's just such a weird world wouldn't it be funny, like if your car, like when you get into your car in the morning, like it, it like reads it, reads out the calc the probability of you like, like dying in a car accident. Oh yeah, do you, do you know about <laughs> millimorts? No. <laughs> oh, you should go Google millimorts. Millimort is the one in a million chance that you will die. <laughs> and so there's tables and stuff that you can find online, and um, that have different activities and like what the number of millimorts is about them. <laughs> And so you can yeah. compare and you can be like, okay, so going skydiving has as many millimorts as like driving so many miles in a motorcycle. That's awesome. Okay. Um, we, we have to link this in the show, show notes because I want to remember to like look this up. Totally. Okay, I can, I'll, uh, I'll go. I'll so go that I can depress it. people. <laughs> I think there was a New York Times article too. Yeah. I totally have yeah. to see this because I just signed up for a motorcycle training course and uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to get my endorsement. So now I need to know exactly what kind of risks. I, well, that's probably part of the course where they try to scare you out of actually getting your endorsement. You know, they probably. <laughs> By the way, I'm really glad my like morbid humor or like my morbid joke landed because oh, sorry, for a minute a there, micromort. I, oh, micromort. Okay. I was like, did, I was like, is it many more like thousand <laughs> Millie is thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I, that graded at me. I know my, my old chemistry teachers are just like giving me an F right now. <laughs> Yeah, I guess well, I'm I'm sure you'll be all right, Ben. I mean, the risk the risk of a motorcycle is uh, much higher than a car. But I mean, just don't you don't, you just can't think about that all the time because, you know, the, the fun, I'm sure the fun is much there. It's worth it. It's worth every hazard. Yeah. Yeah. The risk just, is worth the reward. Yesterday, I just hit 250 miles on the odometer on my scooter. So oh. loving that. It's a lot of fun. That's cool. a lot of miles for a scooter. Mm hmm. I guess you just love to scoot. I love to scoot. <laughs> well, there you go, Star. There's our there's our happy ending after that that slight yeah. uh, that slight dip there. <laughs> I like the dark humor. I don't know, like you know, it's it's always a gamble though. Like with depending on Star, you're always down for you're always down to get dark. Oh yeah, I'm I'm down with the darkness. All right. Well, should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it. Okay. This has been a very witchy episode of Founder Quest. So if you liked it, go give us a review. And yeah, if not, just keep listening to us, you know, make it a hate listen. You got to have a couple of those in your, your lineup. 
Founder Quest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Ani Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360 degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word, where you can access our huge back catalog of episodes. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.